And so the, the best speakers in the world, I think we just assume that they're naturally charismatic, that they hop up on stage, they scribble some ideas or thoughts on the napkin, they just wing it and it all just works out. And like, it just doesn't work like that. Like yeah. the best speakers on the planet are no different than the best athletes and the best musicians. Like they really spend a lot of time practicing and preparing and going over their, their, their notes and their talk over and over and over and over. So by the time they get up on stage, it looks effortless. It looks like they're just making it up. But the reality is they've spent a lot of time doing that. And the same thing is true again, you know, like with, with athletes, um, you know, if you watch, um, uh, you know, a LeBron James play basketball, yeah, he's a large human being and he's very naturally athletic, but he's also spent thousands and thousands of hours in the gym and in the weight room and just practicing and practicing. So it looks effortless, but it's because of the, the time that's been spent behind the scenes that makes it look effortless by the time he steps on the court. And the same thing is true for, for a speaker. Quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tranquil Turtle Massage. They are located right in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene and Tracy is a master massage specialist and Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. Look, my wife and I go see her and her team every single month and we walk away feeling great sore muscles are gone we feel relaxed you got to go check them out tell them i sent you for 25 bucks off your massage package also while you're there make sure you check out cda brows body and ink offering quarterlane's best tattoo brows plasma fibroblast tightening and pmu services tell them i sent you and you'll save 100 bucks on your tattoo brows or plasma tightening make sure you check out tranquil turtle massage and cda brows body and ink at pnwmobilemassage.com <laughs> Grant, you're a husband, dad, you're the founder and CEO of the Speaker Lab. You're a professional speaker for the past 14 years. You've earned over $2 million, over 500 paid speaking gigs. You're a podcast with over 400 episodes. So much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You bet. I appreciate you letting me hang out with you. It's going to be fun. Uh, absolutely. I love to kick things off by going back a bit. I, I think you grew up in Missouri. What was childhood like for you out there? Childhood uh, was was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, Southwest Missouri. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just kind of a normal middle class family. Um, and just kind of uh, my parents actually went through a, a divorce when I was in uh, like eighth grade, middle school, somewhere in there. Uh, so that was a little that was a little jarring uh, yeah. at the time, though. And so it's had a, a you know a big uh, impact in my life since then. But um, yeah, like I, 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 you know, I always look back on life as there's been a, you know, the good, bad, the ugly that has happened. Some of it, you know, my doing some of it outside of my control, but like, I, I wouldn't change anything that has happened or my parents or how it was raised and childhood or anything like that. Cause everything has led up to this moment. Like I'm really, really grateful in this moment for my life. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what, what life has been like. Man. Yeah. I think my parents got divorced around that same age for me as well. And it definitely made a big impact, uh, on me at that time. And oddly enough, my family, I've never been there before, but all my, my uh, grandparents side, they all live in Joplin, Missouri. So I've yeah. never been out that way before. So yeah, just about an hour away from Springfield or so. I gotcha. I mean, you're obviously super successful in speaking and as, as, as an entrepreneur now, but when you first started speaking, what fears did you have and, and how did you overcome those fears? Yeah, I don't know that those fears ever fully go away. You know, I think that the, the fears that I had early on were kind of the same fears that a, you know a lot of speakers have, whether you've been doing it for years and years or you're just getting started. Uh, the fears of you know going, you know, am I good enough? Can I do this? Are people going to uh, resonate with what I'm talking about? Do I even know what I'm talking about? And I, I think those like same fears and insecurities again. You, you feel as a speaker, but you feel as an entrepreneur, as a human. You know, like every I, I joke about it. Um, but it's very serious that like every speaker, every entrepreneur, every human is just doing their best. They're making it up as they go, you know, as podcasters, like we show up and like, we're just doing our best and hopefully it works. But I, you know, I don't know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. 
Uh, and, and that's the reality of like every single person in life is just doing their best. And some days you get it right and some days you don't. You get up and you take another swing at it the next day. Uh, and so that was definitely the case for me, you know, as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, just trying to build something just like, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know what the, if I have what it takes and uh, I don't know, uh, you know, what, what steps I need to be taking. But, you know, I know this is something I'm interested in, I'm passionate about, it, I want to do. And so let's just keep showing up and putting one foot in front of the other. Man, it's so true. Even as a podcaster, you're like imposter syndrome. Like mm -hmm. I look back and go, man, my first episode was ridiculous, right? Like <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, yeah. man. Am I really good at this thing? And here we are. 450 plus episodes into this thing, man. And, and, uh, just love the, love it, man. This is like my purpose. My passion is just loving and, and yeah. chatting with people like yourself, man. Um, you started the speaker lab in 2015, which is so awesome. There's a ton of free resources, a ton of free trainings on there, but for those who don't know, what is the speaker lab? Yeah, yeah. So the Speaker Lab is basically a coaching and training company for speakers, and we focus primarily on the business of speaking, meaning how do you find and book paid speaking engagements? So um, if we go back in time for a second, when, when I was um, in high school, I was really involved in my local church. My youth pastor had a big impact in my life. Um, I actually went to Bible college and was a youth pastor at a different church for a little while. And I, one of the opportunities it gave me was the opportunity to speak. And speaking was one of those things I, I really enjoyed, wanted to do more of, but I just didn't know. Like, how do you find gigs? How much do you charge? What do you speak about? Like, how does this mysterious world work? And so there's probably a lot of people who may be watching or listening who maybe you've done some speaking gigs before, and maybe stuff that's kind of fallen in your lap or word of mouth or referral or that sort of thing. And like, it's really fun. It's really satisfying, enjoying. Maybe you got paid for it uh, and you want to do more of it, but, but you're just not really sure. Like, okay, but but now what? What, what do I do? And that, that's really where I was at. I'm just going like, I think I can do this if someone would just show me how. And so I, I, I felt like I had the potential, but I needed the plan. Mm -hmm. I had the potential, but I needed the plan where I was a decent speaker. I wasn't the best. I wasn't the worst, but I knew there was like something there and I wanted to do more of it, but just like, I just, I just didn't know. Like speaking is always kind of like this mysterious world for a lot of people. And so stalked a bunch of speakers, harassed a bunch of speakers, kind of pick your brain type stuff, learned a few <laughs> things, started booking some gigs. And, you know, that's become my career ever since. And so the reason that we started the speaker lab was to, in part to create the kind of resources, coaching and training that I wish I had when I got started. There are so many people who are watching and listening who have a message, who want to help people who want to share that through speaking and just don't know what they don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to charge. I don't even really know what to speak about. I don't know who hires speakers. I don't know how this mysterious world works. And so we really want to demystify it and give some practical steps. So you, you can absolutely get booked and paid to speak. And here's the steps that you need to follow. So good. It, it, I mean, I'm 43. I didn't share my story till I was 39 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I've been paid for uh, one speaking gig ever. It was 50 bucks for a virtual, uh, you know, speaking gig. And I was like, man, I put the check on my walls like this yeah. is the best thing ever, you know, <laughs> Get totally. paid, you know? Awesome. and it was it was like, all right, I got paid 50 bucks. I can go and do this again. And, you know, I've, I've done a couple of speaking uh, virtual gigs there. But how how do folks get confidence or build their confidence in their public speaking skills? Like, is there tips that you can give on on how to build that up? Yeah, two things I'd recommend. One is is recognizing it just takes time. Um, yeah. And so the way that you become better at, at anything is, is is over time, right? And the part that allows you to get better with not only just the time element, but also just the practice part of it. And so the, the best speakers in the world, I think we just assume that they're naturally charismatic, that they hop up on stage, they scribble some ideas or thoughts on a napkin, they just wing it and it all just works out. No, like it just doesn't work like that. Like yeah. the best speakers on the planet are no different than the best athletes and the best musicians. Like they really spend a lot of time 
practicing and preparing and going over their, their, their notes and their talk over and over and over and over. So by the time they get up on stage, it looks effortless. It looks like they're just making it up. But the reality is they've spent a lot of time doing that. The same thing is true again, you know, like with, with athletes, um, you know, if you watch, um, uh, you know, a LeBron James play basketball, yeah, he's a large human being and he's very naturally athletic, but he's also spent thousands and thousands of hours in the gym and in the weight room and just practicing and practicing. So it looks effortless, but it's because of the, the time that's been spent behind the scenes that makes it look effortless by the time he steps on the court. And the same thing is true for, for a speaker. So two things you can do. One is, again, make sure that you spend the time practicing, preparing, rehearsing. So for me, myself, what I would do is um, I would actually, if I'm, if I'm doing a new talk, I'll literally manuscript it out. Uh, and not so that I need to memorize something verbatim and I need to know every single word. And there's certain parts where like, okay, I want to say it this way, this line yeah. or this story. But really, so I'm really clear on what the idea is and how it's going to flow. And then what's the transition into this next idea or thought or how do I go from this story to that thing? And so it's important to really like manuscript it out. Uh, and then like, again, just going over that, like rehearsing it time and time and time again. So it becomes a lot more effortless. So that'd be one thought. The other thing, again, is just giving yourself time. And, and the, the way that you get better as a speaker is the way that you get better as a musician is you, you practice, you do it time and time and time again. Um, one thing I'm, I'm really into right now is pickleball. You ever played pickleball, Eric? I have not, but my kids played oh, at man. school and I've heard it's amazing. <laughs> oh, so much fun. So much fun. You know, and I, so I've been, I've been playing for, uh, I don't know, a year or two now and, uh, play several days a week with guys that kick my butt. And the way that you get better is like, I can watch all the YouTube videos. I can read books. I can watch other people play, but like, I, I just got to get out there, make mistakes, show up and start yeah. doing it. Uh, and so the same thing is true with speaking is, is, is practice, spend the time behind the scenes, but also get up on stage. Cause the other thing that, that's, that's true is when you are uh, delivering a presentation, you're making an educated guess. I think this is funny. I think this will make sense. I think this will resonate. I think people will like this, but you, you don't really know. But when you get up there and you speak, you're getting that real-time feedback. Are people paying attention? Are they nodding? Are they smiling? Are they taking notes? Are they looking at their phone? Are they distracted? Are they with you? Are they not with you? And you get that real-time feedback from people that helps to inform and make the talk better. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a few ideas there of, of what you can be doing, whether again, you're, you're speaking once or twice a year, or this is your full-time profession. Um, but treating it as a business really makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, massively. I mean, and, and like I got paid 50 bucks, but for those like trying to figure out like how much do I charge for a speaking gig? I'm guessing it's based off of experience, but like how do people determine that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, the, the short answer is it depends, which is a horrible answer. So let me give you two answers. Okay. One, um, let's talk about a couple of the variables that do go into it. One is going to be your industry. You can charge more in some industries versus others. So you can charge more speaking to corporations versus nonprofits. You can charge more speaking to colleges versus elementary schools. It's not that one's better or worse than the other, but each pond is going to be slightly different. Now, that also doesn't mean that you want to say, all right, let's just figure out what's the highest paying pond and jump into that one. Okay. I would not recommend that at all, but your industry is definitely going to be a factor. Another factor is going to be your marketing assets. So specifically your website, your demo video, whether we like it or not, people judge books by their cover. And so you yeah. want to make sure that your stuff looks sharp. It looks professional because oftentimes when event planner is considering hiring you, they're not doing that in, in a vacuum. They are looking at you and maybe three or four or five other speakers. And so if your site and your video looks like crap and everybody else's looks really sharp and professional, 
it's just hard to take you seriously. So it doesn't mean that you need to have spent tens of thousands of dollars on your site, but it needs to just look sharp. It needs to look professional. And and in today's age, like there's a ton of tools that are available where you can create a, a sharp site and video. In fact, in uh, our coaching and training programs, we actually create your site and video for you just to like remove those barriers and, and make it simpler for you. So that's going to be a variable and factor. Uh, yeah. Another variable is going to be your experience. Like you talked about, you know, if you're a brand new speaker, just getting started, you're probably not as good of a speaker as someone who's been doing this for several years and has had more reps and had more at bats. And is just probably frankly a better speaker than you are. Mm -hmm. So those are again, a few of the different variables and factors that may go into it. A shortcut answer though, is um, we, we put together a free speaking fee calculator. So if people want to go to myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com, it's like a 10, 12 questions. It's multiple choice. Um, real quick, it'll take you less than a minute. Answer those questions. It'll spit out a number at the bottom of what you should be charging. Now, I'll tell you, it's much more of an art than a science. Again, there's a you can see there's a lot of different variables. So as you're selecting stuff, it's calculating stuff on the back end in the algorithm. But uh, it gets you at least in the ballpark there if you're just like, I don't have any single clue where to begin. <laughs> So go to check that out, myspeakerfee.com. That's awesome. And, and on that same site, you've got this free book called The Successful Speaker. You're giving away for free. People just have to pay shipping. I think it's like seven bucks. Great deal on that thing. But one of the things you talk about in that book is the speak framework. Um, can you deep dive into that framework a little bit? Yeah, let me give you kind of the high uh, overarching uh, view here. And so the, the speak framework is what we call basically the speaker success roadmap. So when people are going like, I don't know how to get booked and paid to speak, what do I need to do? These are the steps that you need to take. This is the roadmap that we teach in our programs is the roadmap that we lay out uh, inside that book, the successful speaker that you mentioned. So make the acronym speak, S-P-E-A-K. So S is select a problem to solve. So this is where you need to answer two key questions. Number one is who do you speak to? And number two, what problem do you solve for that audience? Now, this is the most critical part. And this is also the part that people oftentimes overlook, want to skip past. But if you really spend the time on this, then everything else we're going to cover and talk about becomes a lot simpler. So who do you speak to? Oftentimes people will say things like, well, I, I don't know. I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody, right? But that doesn't work. You want to be really narrow and specific and clear on who you speak to. Even just saying like, I speak to women. Like, okay, great. That's half the world's population. So we got to <laughs> really start to narrow this down. The other thing is in terms of, of uh, what do you speak about? What problem do you solve? A lot of times people, again, want to go big and broad. So sometimes I'll ask, well, what do you speak about? And someone may say, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. We can talk about podcasting or marketing or family or pickleball or like on and on the list goes. And the reality is, is like you, you, you can't do all those things. And so we always tell speakers that you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning, Eric, if you and I are going out for a bite to eat, we're looking for a good steak, like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of 100 things that they offer and they're all mediocre. Or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really well, right? So they don't do tacos. They don't do lasagna. They don't do uh, um, cupcakes. Like they do steak and that's yeah. it. And so it really narrows down. Like we solve one specific problem for one specific audience. And it's counterintuitive, but the more narrow, the more focused you are, the easier it is to actually find and book the kind of gigs that make sense for you. So that's the first part of the process. Again, select a problem to solve. Yeah. Next part, P, is to prepare your talk. Be really, really clear on what is the solution that you are providing to that audience. Also being clear on how you're going to provide that. Is that through keynotes or workshops or breakouts or seminars or virtual or in person? There's a lot of different options there. Next part is the E to establish yourself as the expert, establish yourself as the expert. So we touched on this earlier with speaking fees, but two key marketing assets that you need is you need a website and you need a demo video website and demo video. Cause like we touched on, like people judge books by their covers. So you need to make sure these things look sharp. Now a website in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you don't exist. It's hard for people to take you seriously. 
Uh, but a demo video is one of those things that's a bit more confusing. Like, what exactly is that? What goes in that? Right. I want you to think of a demo video kind of like a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. So a movie trailer where they take a, a two-hour movie, they boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it, what's the plot, what's the theme, what's the genre. And the point of the movie trailer and the point of the demo video is to make people want to see more. So I don't need to see an entire movie to determine whether or not it's something I'm going to be interested in or if it like I, I just need to see a trailer. Yeah. The same thing is true for a speaker. If an event planner is looking at you and three or four or five other speakers, they don't have time to watch six hours worth of videos from a bunch of speakers. They just need to see a couple of minutes to kind of get a gauge of how you speak, how you interact with an audience and whether or not you're going to be a good fit for what it is that they're looking for. So that's what the demo video is. So I recommend to keep it short, two or three minutes. Again, that's something we can, we can help people with as well. The A is acquire paid speaking gigs. Uh, now this is the part, again, people oftentimes want to fast forward to like, man, just, just tell me how to book gigs. But again, <laughs> yeah. you got to have these other pieces, <laughs> these foundational pieces in place first. But when we talk about booking gigs, the mistake that people make at this point and saying, okay, I have, I'm clear on who I speak to, what problem I solve. I got my website and my video, and now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And like that just doesn't work. Like right. you, you've got to be really, really clear uh, about not only who you are, are targeting, but also being much more proactive than reactive. So just because you have a website, just because you have a video, doesn't mean anybody cares, right? Your mom's going to be thrilled. She's going to tell both of her friends. Nobody else cares. Right. So you've got to, again, have a plan, have a system in place to not only identify and reach out, but also to follow up and maintain relationships with these event planners. So that's, again, another thing we, we teach. And then the last part of the process, K, is know when to scale. Know when to scale, meaning a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or doing a course or doing a podcast or doing um, consulting or coaching. Like you can do all the things, but you can't do all the things at once. So something's going to come first. Something's going to come last. So you got to be really clear about how does speaking fit into the, the mix of what it is that you want to accomplish. So again, that was kind of real quick, but just overview of what the, the speaker success roadmap uh, looks like. Man, that's so good. There's, if people need to be following that framework there and, and kind of along those same lines, when you're working with clients that come through your courses there, what makes the most successful speakers? What are they doing that these other guys aren't quite doing? Yeah, I think there's a big difference between the speakers that treat this like a professional versus those that treat it like a hobby. Mm. And so there are speakers that come in like, you know, speaking is kind of fun. I think it'd be kind of cool to do if you, if I could, I can get paid for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Throw in some money there. That'd be wonderful, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of cool, you know? And I, I again, let's go back to the pickleball example because um, that's my, my current uh, obsession. But like I, pickleball is a hobby for me, right? But yeah. there's some people I play with that they take it very seriously. They play a lot more than I do. Uh, they take lessons and they're constantly working on things. And so I can't show up with the energy and effort I've put into it and expect the kind of results that they're getting. And so the speakers that, that show up and they're just like, ah, I'm just going to kind of kick the tires on it. Speaking seems kind of cool and I'll just kind of dabble in it. And if this doesn't work for me, then I'll just, you know, fly on to the next thing. It's like, it's just not going to work. And Mm -hmm. so we always remind speakers that like this works if you do the work. So there's not some magic formula, magic bullet of like, we're going to tell you exactly what to do, but you still have to show up and do the work. So we always remind speakers, it is simple, but it's not easy. It is simple, but it's not easy. Meaning it's kind of like, you know, if you needed to lose weight, what do you need to do? Well, I'm no health expert, but I know you need to do two things. You need to pay attention to what you eat and you need to exercise. 
Real simple, but it's not easy, right? Right. So it still requires work, still requires effort, still requires discipline. So if you show up with the mentality of I'm just going to kind of dabble in this, I'm going to I'm going to put hobby effort into it, then don't expect professional results. But the speakers who crush it, who do really well, say, Hey, I am I am committed to this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm serious about this. Uh, this is more than just kicking tires for me. Like this is something where I'm deeply passionate about this message that I want to share, that I want to help other people with. I'm going to make this work, with or without you. I'm going to make this work. And those are the speakers where you're like, Okay, look out buckle up because like they're 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 going somewhere so yeah. it really makes a difference with the kind of mentality and expectations that people have coming into something mm, man that yeah i love that but those are the guys that are standing out those are the guys that take it serious you know same with podcasting right it's not mm-hmm. if you want to go make money in podcasting you got to take it as a business right it can't just be yep. just a hobby there for you Speaking of podcasts, you launched the Speaking Lab podcast on January 11th, 2016. Mm-hmm. Such a great intro episode that you did, though. And it's so important for new podcasters to do that kind of intro episode there. Uh, I got to say you're an OG podcaster for sure there. But having this podcast, like how has it helped you in your business? Yeah, I think the uh, doing the podcast, and we did another one right before then that we started in 2014. So yeah, oh, wow. podcasting almost nine, 10 years at this point, I guess. Yeah. Um, and podcasting, is, I think, has been really, really good from in a lot of different ways. One that comes to mind is from a networking standpoint. And so it gives you an excuse to connect with people that wouldn't otherwise normally give you the time of day. Sure. Not because they're, you know, they're, they're rude or whatever, just like people are busy, you know? So if someone calls and, or someone texts or emails or whatever and says, hey, can, you know, can I hop on a call and pick your brain? Ah, probably not, you right. know? Um, but if someone says, hey, can, you know, can you, uh, you know, do a podcast interview? Like they're a lot more likely to, to get someone's attention, right? So uh, I think that that's been really, really helpful. That's been really beneficial. Um, podcasting is also a medium where you really start to feel like you, um, you can know people. And so we have found with doing our podcast, we do it on a weekly basis since you mentioned January, you know, 2016, um, that people who've listened to some large percentage of the episodes or even a handful of of episodes, like they just feel like they know you. And so if you are like in our case, if we're offering, you know, coaching or training, um, it builds that no like, and trust that's just hard to get through a blog or through written, written words or through emails, but people spend hours and hours listening to podcasts um, and it builds a real real connection so and i personally like of the various you know mediums that are available you know blogs or emails or youtube or social media like i spend a lot of time consuming uh podcasts way more than i do uh, other other platforms so um yeah podcasting has been really really beneficial yeah 100 man it's like it's almost like you have the secret spot in this one-on-one conversation when you're you know listening to a podcast you're like oh my gosh man i can't believe they just said that or oh this is mm-hmm. so good I-, I love that aspect of it for you over the years of being involved in speaking and entrepreneurship what is the most important thing that you've learned uh you know i think one thing that comes to mind is just having a long-term perspective you know like you you mentioned you and I have both been doing podcasting for many, many years. I've done hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And so, uh, again, it kind of goes back to that, you know, uh, amateur hobby versus professional. And there's people that are like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try a podcast and let's just try a couple episodes and see if it works. And like, you just have like a long-term perspective of, I know if I keep showing up for an extended period of time and keep putting in the work, like the results are going to follow. Um, and so I think that, you know, if I look at my own career, um, you know, I, I've been in the speaking industry for close to 20 years at this point, uh, to, to some degree or another, and just showing up and doing the same thing. And so it's not like, you know, Grant's doing manufacturing today and tomorrow.
tomorrow he's doing landscaping. Then he's also has this, uh, you know, Amazon FBA business. And it's just like, he's kind of bouncing around and all, all the time, but it's like, no, no, like Grant's still doing the speaking thing and just yeah. showing up and having that long-term perspective. And so will we do this forever? Who, who knows? Um, right. but at this point I know that the, um, that the effort and energy and the seeds that we have planted over the years in the speaking industry, um, it definitely has a, a compounding effect. So does. Yeah. And, and I think the longer that I'm in it, the, the more the doors of opportunity start to open up, the better relationships start to open up, man. And it's you just it's that long game for sure. Being an entrepreneur, though, it can be kind of dragging um, a tire in some if you have a family as well. How do you separate family and business time? Yeah, good question. So I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We got three daughters, so it's me and a house full of women. It's the absolute best. I yeah. love it. Um, and so a couple things I've done that have been real intentional about. One is that uh, I work from home, and I, I want to work from home. We have a completely virtual company. We got about 35 people on our team who are all over the country. I don't want to go to an office. I want to be here. So you know, when we're off this call, then I I'll go out and hug my girls and see my wife and be able to be around them. So that's something that we've been real intentional about. Um, another thing is really spending um, uh, intentional time uh, individually with them and as a family. So for example, to, at the time of this recording tomorrow, my middle daughter and I are going on a trip to Orlando to go to some parks for a couple of days, just the two of us. Cool. Um, so my wife and I do one-on-one trips with each of the girls on a regular basis. Um, my wife and I do trips together, you know, family, you know, family fun days or fun nights. So being really intentional about that. Now, um, at the same time, uh, I, one thing I, I like to ask myself is when I'm in the thick of business and things are busy and things are hectic, I like to ask, is this a season or is this the way it is? Is mm. this a season or is this the way it is? Meaning like there's going to be times where it's just busier than others, right? It's just going to be a busy week. It's a busy month. It's a busy quarter, whatever. And there are in every type of career or business, like there are going to be times that are busy than others. So if, if you're in retail, for example, November, December, it's just busy. Like yeah. there's just no way around it. But January, February slows down. If you are an accountant, if you're a CPA, like tax season, it's just busy, you know, but it's not going to be like that year round. And so if you recognize that there's going to be seasons, but also if you're able to zoom out and say, okay, I know that, um, you know, for the next three weeks, it's going to be really, really slammed and I have a lot going on. But after that, I know it's going to slow down. And as long as that's not a lie that you're just telling yourself and like, seems like it's just always a busy season, you know, well, no longer is that a season. It's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. Um, so having honest conversations with yourself, with your spouse, with your significant other, with people around you, um, to kind of get a gauge on that and, and kind of keep a pulse on that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I try to remember like we're, we're running a marathon here and so we don't have to kill ourselves today because, um, there's only so many things I can do today that are going to actually have some meaningful impact. But, um, but I can also do a lot of things today that are going to have a negative impact and just burning myself out or hurting my you know relationship with my wife or my kids. Man, that's so true. Uh, I've been working from home since 2015 and, and I would never go back to an office, man. My kids mm -hmm. only know me as work from home dad. And, and, yep. uh, it's so good to just see them, you know, every morning and every day right after work, I yep. just go downstairs. It's so good to, to do that. And, you know, I get to have lunch breaks with my wife, you know, during the week and, and, mm -hmm. you know, fun stuff like that. As we go into 2023 and I know we're running out of time. So I just wanted to ask this one last question, but what are you most excited about? What's coming up next for you in the speaker lab? Yeah. Um, 
there, there's just there's so many speakers who are interested in speaking. Um, you know, if we if we back out a little bit, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, at the time it felt like this awful thing, and, and certainly it was in, in many respects. But it's turned out to be one of the best possible things for the speaking industry. Meaning, like prior to the pandemic, virtual speaking wasn't really a thing, and really, you know, virtual speaking wasn't really taken seriously by event planners or by speakers. The pandemic hits, virtual speaking becomes the only game in town, and what we had kind of expected that would happen, and it was played out is that as you know the pandemic has kind of more or less passed and a live events have come back they've not come back in replacement of but in addition to virtual opportunities and so there's so many opportunities today for speakers who want to speak in person who want to speak virtually who want to do hybrid who want to you know travel a little bit who want to stay home um there's there's uh you know the speaking industry is one that has, has survived recessions and depressions and 9 11 and wars and pandemics and all types of crazy, you know, world and, and global issues. And so it's the, the, the speaking industry is not going anywhere. Yep. Um, people have gathered to hear speakers since the beginning of time, and that's not changing anytime soon. So, um, yeah, I'm, I just I'm really excited about what we're doing. We've had uh, massive growth the last couple of years, and uh, we're recording this uh, in, the, in the January or so. And, and it's uh, we've had a huge, huge month, record-breaking month here. So we're off to a great start this year. And, um, yeah, excited for what 2023 has ahead. Come on, man. Uh, Grant, this was such an awesome conversation, dude. You're an absolute world changer. I love what you and the Speaker Lab have going on. Man, opening up so many doors and changing lives, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.